welcome everyone to FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm your host, Aaron White, and excited to bring you three reviews today. We've got two new streaming films and a TV series that recently was re-released on digital and Blu-ray to discuss. Here on FF Plus, the format is always very straightforward. I cover what I liked, what I didn't like, and then I give you a recommendation about whether I think the film is worth your time and money. That's it. Simple, short, and spoiler-free. With that said, let's get right into it. The first film is called The Weekend Away and comes from Netflix. It stars Leighton Meester, Christina Wolfe, Ziad Bakri, and Luke Norris. It is directed by Kim Ferrant and is written by Sarah Alderson and based on her novel of the same name. What's it about? A weekend getaway to Croatia goes awry when a woman is accused of killing her best friend and her efforts to get to the truth uncover a painful secret. Now, I'll be honest, I tweeted about this going into it. I thought that this film had very little chance of being any good, simply because it releases at midnight and the embargo lifts at the same exact time as the movie is available for you to watch. That's usually not a good sign, and it means that a studio is a little bit afraid to get opinions out there early. Also, it's fairly low budget. It's a Netflix weekend kind of movie, aptly named The Weekend Away. So I just didn't have a lot of hopes for this. Shockingly, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Leighton Meester, the character that she plays in this movie, her name is Beth. And what I really enjoyed about her is that she's on this trip to Croatia to reconnect with her old college roommate, Kate. But the character of Beth is a married character. She is a new mom, has a baby back at home with her husband. She doesn't dress like a 20-something young college girl who is out looking for a fling and partying. She very much embodies the idea of a kind of mid-20s starting to settle down. Her life is changing. Kate is the antithesis to that where... She is still all about partying. She's currently going through a divorce from her husband, who apparently is kind of wealthy. She likes to spend his money, and she wants to show off to Beth in all of these ways. She's like, oh, order everything on the menu. So she's very much the opposite. She wants to hang on to that lavish lifestyle, that freedom, wants to flirt with people in the bar, wants to you know, have a fling here and there, unlike Beth, who... I love the performance because Leighton Meester feels very lived into me. I'm kind of curious how people are going to react to this and whether they're going to like Beth or they're going to think she's boring because of how she is created and how she is performed. And, and I just appreciated it because I thought it was more realistic this way. The plot, it's very much a, a kind of typical like thriller and murder mystery. Ultimately, Kate goes missing and we go through a period of time where Beth is like this fish out of water. She doesn't know what's going on. She's trying to deal with whether or not to go to the police. She has formed a friendship and a bond with her taxi driver who's kind of helping her out. There's a really creepy guy who owns the Airbnb that they're staying at that kind of pops up and reminds you that he's this weird, like, voyeuristic presence, and just, <laughs> he's 
he's a little bit over the top in his creepiness. It's very obvious. Also, not entirely unrealistic, though, in the way he's portrayed. I love that as this goes along, Kate is missing, but Beth is making very realistic choices. She is falling apart, and the pieces that are there for this puzzle, they don't add up to her. And as more and more secrets get discovered, she really does show the psychological effect of that as it's completely like breaking her down. She doesn't know what's true anymore. She's out of her element completely in this country and alone. And the choices that she makes along this path or the ones she doesn't make even, they all feel like something that most people would do. It doesn't make for the highest drama throughout the film because it's not exaggerated. And I wonder if that's going to kind of be a knock against it from a lot of folks, but I didn't really mind it that much. I thought it was watchable. Now, there will come a time where there's some twists and turns and stuff gets a little bit nuts, but it never does go over the rails. It always seems to me to be, it's like a perfect series of somewhat unconnected events that are happening in order to create this ultimate kind of ordeal that she's faced with. And I think most of them are interesting stories, the individual things that are happening. And I appreciate also that in the end of it, it's basically a lot of accidents have happened and a lot of bad decisions have been made. There's not necessarily this sinister, overwhelming presence that is just a pure evil trying to bring down hell and chaos. There's not a villain to vanquish, so to speak. It's just there are people in this film that are not good. Don't get me wrong. But I think that there's an ability to have some empathy for almost all the characters as well on some level. And I just found that a little bit refreshing. It's pretty bland looking. It is a Netflix movie through and through. There's no marketing for this. They're just throwing it on there on a weekend. It's going to come. It's going to go. Some people are going to check it out. They don't care what it gets. The performances are not a standout outside of Leighton Meester, who I think is very good. And it's very simple. It's devoid of any kind of memorable moment. And that's probably because it doesn't have that deviance to it that I was talking about because of the fact that it kind of plays it more almost realistic. It doesn't ever get to be very exciting because of that. So I can see that being kind of a negative to some folks as well. But like I said, I actually thought it was perfectly fine. I enjoyed watching it more than I thought I would. And I would recommend this. It comes out streaming on Netflix on March the 3rd. So I'd say, yeah, I'm actually feeling it. If you're just looking, flipping through channels and you're like, hey, I want to put on like a 90 minute kind of thriller. I love Leighton Meester from Gossip Girl, like me. Then, you know, watch this. She's pretty good. And it's fairly interesting. It's enough to keep your attention, just barely. Or if not, it's a good one to kind of throw on in the background and watch it while you're folding the laundry or something. The next film is called Fresh and comes to us from Searchlight Pictures. It stars Daisy Edgar-Jones, Sebastian Stan, Jonica T. Gibbs, Dio Okanai, Andrea Bang, and Charlotte Laban. It is directed by Mimi Cave, her first directorial feature, and it is written by Lauren Kahn. What's it about? Frustrated by scrolling dating apps only to end up on lame, tedious dates, 
Noah takes a chance by giving her number to the awkwardly charming Steve after a produce section meet-cute at the grocery store. Now, this film debuted at this year's Sundance Film Festival and immediately became something that pretty much everyone who saw it was raving about. If you aren't on Twitter or social media and you've been able to kind of avoid what this movie ultimately does, then good for you. I'm going to keep this extremely short, sorry, and extremely spoiler-free, but I'm doing that for your own good because it's the kind of film that you need to see to get the best experience. It starts like a typical rom-com. It's about two hours long, but the first 30 minutes of this movie is the meet-cute. It's Noah dating and showing us what's it li- what it's like when she's using this app called Puzzle Piece. She's trying to find a relationship, and she keeps having experiences that are all horrible and she has a friend named Molly who's trying to convince herself that she doesn't need a man and so she's in this place uh, that so many young adults are who kind of want to be in a relationship but just don't understand how we're supposed to go about meeting someone and having it stick in this day and age and ultimately she ends up connecting with this guy Steve in a grocery store over cotton candy grapes He's very awkward. There's a great line in the movie. He says, I didn't think people met people in real life anymore. And I just completely agree. I I can't even imagine having a conversation with a stranger who I was attracted to in a produce section. I wish it would work like that. But even after scanning the hands and fingers for a wedding ring, the risk of that person being in a relationship and, and, feeling like you're going to get rejected. It's just all a lot. And so I don't know how that would actually go, but it's fun to watch and it's fun to dream about, hey, maybe this could actually be something that would result in people meeting each other and taking the chance to provide a phone number and then go out on a date and see what happens. The script is extremely witty. It's full of clever metaphors especially Steve's dialogue, when you watch the movie back or you think back on the dialogue after you know what happens the rest of the film, it is even better because you then you can see how it's been playing with you all of this time, leading you up to the big reveals that it's going to showcase. The hour and a half that comes after that meet cute, so that's when the credits happen, 30 minutes in the movie. It's an interesting choice. It's very artsy. I don't know that that's ever needed in a movie. I think it's kind of silly. And again, like just there to be different, but whatever, who cares? The movie takes a wild turn. And when it does this, what we get out of it is a fantastic Sebastian Stan performance. He ultimately has to kind of showcase a different style of emotional be a psychological person than the one that we've seen for the first 30 minutes. This is really difficult, folks. And we end up getting a a very 180 of of a story, okay? Noah ends up going on a trip with Steve. They get out to this cabin in the woods. It's not quite what he sells it to be, is what I will tell you. He says they're gonna go on a trip. Well, they kinda do, but it just doesn't all go right. One thing that's interesting is when things go badly, Molly, the friend character, goes on this like sleuthing spree 
and I really like her. She is all about tracking down cell phones and Googling pictures to find out if someone has used fake pictures. And she tries to get information on old credit card purchases. She just does a really cool job of not ever believing things are okay for her friend. I like the way that her character never gives up and is always trying to figure out the problems that have arisen and how she can help fix things. I like the performance by Daisy Edgar Jones as well in the back part of the film. It's not nearly as interesting, unfortunately, just because of the situation that she finds herself in until the climax where she gets to step her game up. The film does have an excellent score and a soundtrack, and it's really full of style. The camera work is outstanding. There's lots of close-ups, and the way that it sometimes looks like it's peeking in on a situation as if the camera was kind of a stalker itself, that, and then it will also focus in on characters chewing things. It's all very intentional to the plot of the movie, and it just worked really well for me. I thought that it was a great film to look at. Now, I got to admit, it's not going to be for everybody. And it's hard to be honest about whether or not you're going to fall for this without telling you what it's about. So sorry, but there's some absolutely gross scenes involving body parts that are very well shot, I will say, but they legitimately might make you throw up. I got a bit nauseous a couple of times. Never enough blood to turn me off completely or make me not enjoy the movie, but it got close. Luckily, those moments are far and few between. The movie also has a very unsettling vibe throughout it that could make you cringe quite often. I thought that that was pretty good and effective, but I could see how some other folks might just like be on edge and just really, really not want to engage with the story that's being told here. And then it doesn't stick its landing to me. There's a third act climax that like so many other movies, it just tries to do too much. It tries to get too crazy. It takes a really interesting kind of premise and it's totally bonkers and devious on its own. It doesn't need help, but then it just adds to that adds to that, adds to that. And I think that the movie loses some of its momentum towards the end because of that. I was ready for it to wrap up and kind of tired of the the fake ending here, the fake ending here. So it's a bit long in that regard. But overall, I definitely think it's a movie that if you like horror movies, you're okay with a little bit of blood and you like rom-coms, this is the kind of mashup that we just don't get very often. So it's a fascinating concoction and well worth sinking your teeth into because you need to see it to be able to have an opinion on it and then have conversations about it. Anybody who sees it is going to want to talk about it. It's that kind of movie. It'll be streaming on Hulu on March the 4th. And there it is. I recommend kind of, I guess, with a caveat <laughs> that don't come at me if you find yourself wanting to puke when you watch this. Just understand that there is that possibility when it comes to the body horror. Now, last but not least is The Batman, the complete series coming from WB Home Entertainment. 
It stars the voices of Reno Romano, Danielle Judovitz, Evan Sabara, Alastair Duncan, Piera Coppola, Ming-Na Wen, Steve Harris, Kevin Michael Richardson, Jesse Cordy, Mitch Pileggi, Adam West, and a whole lot more. The series was developed by Michael Gogwin and Dwayne Capizzi. What's it about? This is the first time the fully remastered 65-episode series has been distributed on Blu-ray. It's produced by Warner Brothers Animation and DC. It won six Emmy Awards, and it follows a 20-something-year-old Bruce Wayne early in his adventures as he balances his daytime persona as a bachelor billionaire with his nighttime guise as a caped crime fighter. Along the way, Batman is joined by allies Robin and Batgirl as they combat Gotham City's rogues gallery, including updated versions of his familiar foes, as well as a bevy of rarely seen villains like Killer Moth and the Everywhere Man. Now, I was not aware of this series even existing. That's how far out of the loop I was. This is not in any way, shape, or form related to the Batman movie that is coming out this weekend from Matt Reeves. It just happens to be called The Batman, and it is differentiating itself from the famous series, Batman the Animated Series, by being called The Batman, the complete series versus the animated series. So, bit confusing, but if you're trying to look this up on Google, just Google Batman Complete Series and you'll be able to find it. I'll say the same thing that I've said recently about live-action Batman films. It applies here to the animated works as well. There is no completely bad Batman adaptation, only varying levels of preference for me. I am thrilled that there are so many slightly different takes on the character in Gotham City with interesting new stylistic choices. This series wasn't one that I watched when it aired in 2004, and I was a fairly newlywed young adult and dad for the first time, and like many people, I just didn't want anything that wasn't more of the animated series. And honestly, shame on me. I've changed, and now that I have the chance to check this out, I want to watch it all, and I think that most of you will too. Unlike some of the other series that have been released, like the animated series, unfortunately, there are no tie-in movies for this series that were included. But when we get into the story, it's Bruce Wayne's third year of crime fighting. So, kind of in line with Reeves' take on the Batman, it has a fairly young and still-in-his-formative-years version of the superhero, and it really leans into him being a vigilante first, with Bruce Wayne providing more of the current mask. There are some interesting redesigns of characters for sure, but also like Reeves's films, I have no problem with there being a different take. The action's awesome. It's a very athletic Batman, and pretty much in every episode I watched, there was some sort of standout fight sequence. The Series is presented in 16 by 9 and from my research, I learned the original was in 4.3, but this change makes sense due to the upgraded visuals and modern advancement in television size. It certainly looks gorgeous. Uh, it's got a 2000s kind of anime influence to it. Jeff Matsuda did the art. Makes the characters look more expressive and interesting, but it never gets too crazy. It's got a nice balance, and it also has a cool rock music theme that really fits its style. Since I haven't watched the whole series, didn't have time for that, but I did take in quite a few episodes, I want to share this great explanation of what to expect, and it came from Eric Joseph at DCComicsNews.com. He says, 
It's also worth mentioning that this series came around at a time when TV shows started getting much more serialized, even cartoons. Sure, Batman the Animated Series did a good job at telling an unfolding story, but the Batman's seasons feel like defined chapters. In short, we see the Caped Crusader progress from outlaw vigilante to silent partner of the Gotham City Police Department, before eventually being recognized as Gotham's hero. Soon after that, he's joined by Batgirl and Robin, and then eventually helps form the Justice League. And then in the fifth and final season, it focuses mainly on team-ups with the likes of Superman, Green Arrow, The Flash, Green Others, and others. Now, that is exciting for me. I hope that it will be for you too, but I really want to watch through this whole series. That's my plan. I'm excited to own it and check it out. They really wanted to differentiate themselves from the animated series in both tone and in look, and I think that they succeeded in a real positive way. It's very much its own cool thing. There's a ton of special features. None of them are super long, and none of them are extreme standouts. There's one new thing that has not been published before. It's called The Dark Dynasty Continues, and it's a featurette. It's about 15 minutes long. It explores the relationship between the Batman and his allies and his rogues, and it's got high energy, a lot of interviews from creators, voice talent, etc. And then I just wish it was longer, honestly. It's really good, and it's pretty thorough. I mean, it hits on a lot of the topics in the making of this series, but I just I would have watched like an hour on the behind the scenes. I wish they would have put more into this. The other stuff, a lot of it is take it or leave it. There are some specific featurettes related to the storylines as we go through different seasons. I didn't watch those because I haven't watched the storylines and I wanted to have some stuff unspoiled. There's a couple of fun little quizzes in here that you can take based on the series and what do you remember from it. There's two featurettes that are kind of weird. They have Detective Ellen Yin, who is the animated Gotham City detective, and she is interacting as if she was a real-life interviewer, like a human. It's a very strange shtick. One of them, she's interviewing actual human artists and toy creators, and I couldn't even get into it at all. It just It's very strangely shot and made, and it's so silly. Another one is called Gotham PD Case Files, which is just a list of going through different villains and quickly saying, here's how they became a villain and here are their fight styles. It's not super insightful and it's very short. And I don't even know why you would need this, to be honest, because if you had been watching the series, this is on like disc four, I think. If you'd been watching the series, you would have seen these characters get introduced and know all of this information. It just feels completely like a throwaway thing. Just, oh, here, put something on the disc to have it there. Then there's also a featurette called New Look, New Direction, New Night. This goes behind the scenes and explores kind of the development of the TV series, but I say that really lightly because it's like five minutes long. Again, it's rocket fire information that is all interesting, and I just would have really enjoyed a lot more kind of expansion on the history of the series and where all these artists went 
afterwards. They, they just they name drop things, but they don't go into any kind of depth on these special features. And so they're fun. I'm sure that they'll be cool to look through one time, but they're not going to really give you anything of extreme value, unfortunately. This complete series is on Blu-ray and digital now. It's available. You can pick it up. And I highly recommend it. I think it's worth it. I think all the Batman animated stuff is great in its own way. Just like I think all the Batman live action stuff is great in its own way. And like me, pick it up, check it out, you know, catch up. And maybe then this will be thought of highly too. Well, that's it for this week on FF Plus. Thank you for listening. As always, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to pop on to Apple Podcasts app and give us five stars, drop a review, do that on Spotify, Repod, wherever you listen. We'd love for you to do that. It helps us find more eyes, find more ears, and bring more people into the conversation. If you want to join the Feel and Film Facebook discussion group, it's a great place to chat about movies all day, every day. If you want to come comment about just these episodes, direct you to Repod. It's a great app with a community aspect built around podcast lovers and I'm there, Patrick's there. We'd love to interact and hear your thoughts on the movies we discuss on the podcast. Happy to chat there anytime. I will be back soon, of course, but until then, keep watching and keep feeling filmed.